Kevin, good morning. How are you? We appreciate your time. Good morning. Good to be with you again. How are you? Doing terrific. We appreciate it. And and uh, let's dive in and talk a little bit about the Rangers. You obviously are covering the Rangers for uh, for Valley Sports Southwest. When you look at this club and, and how it's constructed, uh, should we be disappointed in this start? You know, maybe slightly. I, I think the expectations were going to be high with some, some moves in the offseason. But, you know, you talk to anybody who is uh, who knows anything about the Rangers, uh, you know, most, most guys were still projecting an under 500 record. Um, you know, it's, it's easy to get excited when you spend all that money, but we still got a ways to go. Um, I think you know, typically in Major League Baseball, uh, the blueprint that has been drawn up, you know, if you look at what the Cubs did, um, if you look at what the Astros did, you start by building uh, with a youth movement. You draft well uh, over a course of a few years. You get some of these young guys to come up and prove that they can perform at a high level. Uh, in the major leagues and do it consistently. The Cubs did it with Rizzo and with Bryant, uh, with Javi Baez. The Astros did it with Bregman and Correa and Altuve. And then once those young guys, once you have that young core in place, then you start to make some trades, and then you start to spend some money in free agency. So, you know, the Rangers kind of went about it a different way because I wouldn't say that – established yet you know josh young is part of that he has not gotten to the major leagues yet uh you meant you can you can talk about jack Leiter. uh you can talk about cole Wynn. these are are promising young players who should you know could that could play at an all-star level in the major leagues someday but they haven't gotten there yet and they've not proven themselves so for the rangers to go out yeah it's it's taking it in a little bit of a different direction but you know, more than anything, in a day and age of Major League Baseball, when we talk about tanking and we see teams not spending and not trying, I really applaud the Rangers for their efforts in trying to improve their team. David, are we still seeing some residuals of an abbreviated spring on the pitchers right now uh, for the Rangers and Major League Baseball? And, and when do you think they start hitting their stride because of that? Well, maybe you could you could talk about that with the Rangers um, because uh, a lot of the pitchers just don't seem like they're quite in sync yet. But in general, pitching all around Major League Baseball is, is doing pretty well. I think last I checked, league, league averages were in the low 230s. Um, so, you know, the pitchers are still seem to be ahead of the hitters. Uh, but it's, it's kind of hard to know. But I think generally speaking – April's always a, a weird month as it is. You've got some cold weather across the country. You've got players that, you know, are whether you have a normal spring training or whether you have a shortened spring training, you have players that are still trying to figure things out and, and find their rhythm because spring training is just completely different from the season. That's there's all there is to it. It helps get you in shape, but it's a completely different feel. So, um, you know, I, I don't know if I have a clear answer for you on that, but I do think that a shortened spring could uh, definitely have an effect on the results that we've seen so far. Do the, do the Rangers have a true leader at all in that clubhouse? Well, I don't think that in on past teams that 
you know, say you've got Corey Seager, um, you know, he came from a clubhouse with guys like Clayton Kershaw, uh, Justin Turner, numerous leaders that where he could probably just stay quiet and stay in the background, speak up when he wanted to. And now, you know, you're looked to as the guy signing the big contract, you know, similar to Marcus Simeon, but both of those guys have verbally stated how they want to step out and be, uh, you know, that leadership for this team, for uh, all of these young players. So I think they are a, a role that may be new to them and that they're, they're still getting used to. Talking with David Murphy on uh, on the program this morning, David. When 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 is a true evaluation okay? I mean, do do you, do you need to be fifty games in? Do you need to be sixty games in before you can say, okay, this is what our team looks like for for this season? That's a good question. I would say you know probably a month or two in for for a team would be good. I was always told as an individual or as an offensive individual, you know, you, you should get about a hundred bat, at bats into a season um, before you can truly evaluate how you're doing. Um, but I, w- I would say, you know, even a month, uh, you, there's a lot of teams that, that haven't hit their stride that aren't playing good baseball a month in. And then, you know, you even look at a team like the Braves and you look at what their record was, uh, coming out of the all-star break last year and how they weren't really playing great baseball and then they had a great second half and, you know, the rest is history. They go on and win the World Series. And how many stories do we hear like that? That may not be the typical story for a season. Um, but, you know, I, I'd say, I, for me, I would say about two months for a team, honestly. David, do you think we're going to continue to see the massive shifts in in baseball because of analytics, or are players going to start hitting them where they're not? I mean, why does it keep every time you look up, you got a a second baseman in right field, or or, or vice versa? Just the huge holes out there, and they continue to use that to their advantage. Yeah, um, I get it, but I don't get it. <laughs> Me too. Uh, you know, I. I I know that pitchers are throwing 97, 98 miles an hour these days, and that's, you know, you always wanted to get the starter out of the game. You know, it, when I was when I was playing, that was always kind of part of the goal. And then if you get the starter out of the game early, you get to, you know, the middle relievers who are throwing 90 to 92, and the, and the quality of their stuff just isn't as crisp. But now you've got everybody throwing 97 these days. So there's not an easy pitcher coming out of the bullpen. And not to mention, teams have this thing broken down to where, you know, once you get to the third time through the order, the numbers start to really uh, sway in favor of the offense. And that's why you're only seeing a lot of starters go five innings um, if, if the score dictates. And so... I think there, there's a lot of reasons, uh, and, and pitchers are so good that it's hard to hit, say, three singles in an inning and really string those hits together. So that's why teams lean so heavily on the home run ball. And because of that, and because home runs are easier to pull, I think offense has realized if, if you're going for the home run and you miss, you're going to ground out to the pull side. And so that's why you see those shifts stack up. But it uh, looks like those shifts are going to be done away with next year. So I don't know. Maybe it'll circle back and we'll get to, you know, to baseball that that once was with more bunting and more hit and running, more stolen bases that that created a little bit more excitement. But, you know, right now the scientifics definitely back up um, 
you know, what what we see out there on the field. David, you got any eligibility left, man? Your Bears could sure <laughs> use some help. <laughs> oh, man. I, I, I would love to get out there. I don't know if my body would let me. I might be hurt <laughs> after two games. Talking with David Murphy this morning. Uh, we were – we talk about it all the time, but we were just talking about evaluating the ball club. David, how do you evaluate a, a manager and a coaching staff? I mean, there's w- the way the rosters are constructed nowadays, there's there's very few moves that they can make. I mean, what is there, one utility infielder, maybe one or two outfielders? So there's not a whole lot of moves that they can make. So how do you personally take a look at, and evaluate a manager, a coaching staff, and, and, and things of that nature? You know, I think um, that, that's kind of hard to do unless you're inside the clubhouse and, you know, you're well-connected to the team. Um, you know, one, I, I would say the two main jobs of a manager are to uh, bring a sense of energy, uh, a, a positive vibe uh, to the clubhouse, um, and just that, that feeling that you bring every day to the ballpark. I mean, uh, I played for, for two great ones in Ron Washington and Terry Francona. Uh, when you show up to the ballpark every day and, you're, and your manager, you know that your manager loves the game, that he can't wait to get to the ballpark, that he loves to teach the game. Uh, both of those managers showed that, that they love to prepare. Um, it's easy to go out there and play because you just kind of follow, follow that lead. And then besides that, uh, I'd say the biggest – thing on the field or during the game is how to manage a bullpen when to and when to not take a pitcher out uh, because that's that's something that is extremely difficult and something that we see backfire all the time uh, hindsight is obviously 2020 uh, but it's not that simple when you're when you're making the call in game uh, and then from there it's you know from a pitching coach hitting coach standpoint I mean those those things are obvious I mean you have to consider the talent that you're given and uh, and what the coach does and is able to do with that talent. You know, a young, promising player with a, a bag full of tools, uh, they may struggle at the, the major league level a little bit, but how do, how do those coaches, um, you know, from a mental and physical standpoint, pass down some, some wisdom to get that guy in the right place at the major league level? So it's, that's a really loaded question that's hard to have a, a really specific answer for. David, we always heard, you know, baseball, one of the things was relax and let the game come to you and, and not try to do too much. Just do what the game asks you to do. Is it much more difficult on the major league level to be able to accomplish that? You know, at the end of the day, the, the game, it's still baseball. It's still the same. It just it moves a lot faster. Um, and so I, I think the ones that, ah, I mean, talent is, an obvious factor that just sticks out. You have to be talented to play major league baseball. Uh, you got to be a pitcher that, that throws hard and can hit spots uh, and has nasty stuff for the most part. And as a hitter, uh, you've got to be able to, to combat that. You've got to be able to hit that nasty stuff that that pitcher's throwing up there. But it, the big separator is, is the mental side of it because you see so many talented players that you come up with through the minor leagues that you feel like they're going to be shooing all-stars in the major leagues. And for whatever reason, it could be just uh, that they struggle with injuries, uh, but maybe they just, that the mental side of it, that it's, it's a hard adjustment for them. So I'd say 
Um, yeah, I, I heard a good quote from Greg Maddox one time when he was being interviewed, and he said, the best arms are in the minor leagues and the best minds are in the major leagues. So I think that's probably a common theme, uh, whether you're talking about pitching, defense, uh, or offense throughout, throughout the major leagues. Hey, final thought for you, and I was just curious about this. Uh, when you were playing, you mentioned your managers. When you were playing, were you the type of player that, that when he showed up at the ballpark, you, you just knew and wanted to know that your name was in the lineup every day? You, you knew where you were going to be in the batting order every day? Were you that kind of guy, or did you like the occasional day off? Um, it depends on how I was feeling. You do get worn down over 162, and I could tell after a day off how my body would respond. So uh, an occasional day off was nice, and, and I wasn't really ever a guy that was going to play every single day. You know, I played, I played against everybody my first year, maybe two, and then I started to become more of a platoon player. I, I would get some at-bats against lefties and some starts, but for the most part, I did my damage against righties. Um, but uh, I think every manager is different, and, and the more that you get to know your coaching staff, you kind of think along with them, and when you might play, when you might start, if you're on the bench, you kind of think along with, all right, you, you keep up with the game, you keep track, and you see when you might come up and pinch hit and when you're going to go in. And, you know, even when I, when I played for, for Terry Francona and Brad Mills was his bench coach, uh, you know, they would do a great job of letting me know the day before, you know, if if I was not going to play the next day, they would tell me. They would say, you know, the after after the game the previous night, they'd be like, all right, you're down tomorrow, you're sitting. That way you can go to bed that night and you can really sleep well, you can really relax knowing what's going on. And the same thing, I mean, like I said, I knew I was playing against a righty and probably sitting against a lefty, but on those rare occasions where I would start against the lefty, they would make sure to let me know, so that I wouldn't feel ambushed when I got to the ballpark the next day and I saw my name in the lineup. David, as always, it is a pleasure, man. Uh, great, great stuff, as always. And, man, we, uh, we, we appreciate your time today, as always. Yeah, enjoyed it on this side as well, guys. Looking forward to the next time. Talk to you soon. That is uh, David Murphy.